0: I just
1: can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill.
0: You stay in Wonderland. I am
1: You Do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glassé Film Club. And yes, we're back to what we like doing best here. We've got a classic film review to dive into we've been wanting to do this one for a while we've watched it quite a few times and now we've got round to having a good discussion about the film midnight in paris and we've got fan favorite back callum is here for another review i know everybody's keen to hear some more from him been absent for a few months but don't worry we've got plenty of more films lined up to review hello callum how
0: are you doing hello i'm good thanks yeah i'm really good um it's currently, you're going to enter a lockdown 2.0, um, yeah, which gives us on. a perfect, perfect opportunity to record more podcasts, right? Well, exactly. So, I like, I like the
1: positivity there. We've got plenty of time to watch some films and then waffle on about them. So more episodes coming very soon let's get them going and we do like chatting and waffling so these two things are have uh, been fueled for us by the government now it's as if they want us to make some more podcasts and you know what we will truly oblige to that so like i mentioned the film today is midnight in paris and I'm going to give a bit of a boring backstory about um, how I watched this film initially, because this was recommended to me by Callum a few years ago. And it was one that was, got brought up in conversation every time we spoke, and I was always answered uh, with, no, I've not watched it yet, until the day I finally did watch it and was very grateful for the recommendation. Annoyed at myself for waiting for so long to watch it because it did deliver on what Callum said about it, which of course you'll hear very soon. So, this is Midnight in Paris. Uh, We watched it again recently as we knew we wanted to chat about it, refresh the memory, and then share all that joy that came from it. It was released in 2011, so nine years old, coming up to its decade now, starring Rachel McAdams and Owen Wilson so that's a bit of an interesting bit of it you've got these two big Hollywood actors but the film isn't your kind of classic Hollywood type film it goes and explores a load of different themes which of course we will dive into but Callum, you know, you've studied the overview of the plot a bit more than I and you were the one who recommended it to me so I'd love to um, let you take the stage now and give the listeners a quick overview of what Midnight in Paris is all about
0: Well thank you very much Um, yeah, so I did. Re- I did recommend it to Marcus. It was more. It was when we were basically when we were in the bar, and it had so many different themes in that we were studying at university. It was. I felt like it was the film that characterised our final year of university, really, which is why I recommended it to you, really. Um, but I suppose the film it follows the journey of. Um, Owen oh, Wilson's character, who's called uh, Jill Pender, and he's a, write- a screenwriter from California. So he, it's alluded to that he works on some pretty big Hollywood films. And he visits Paris with his uh, fiancée, Inez, played by Rachel uh, McAdams. Uh, Jill's writing a novel uh, about a man who works in a nostalgia shop. So essentially the premise is they're shopping for their... Uh, presents for their wedding or something and they're having one last little holiday before they get married um, but the film really is about Jill's relationship with literature, specifically uh, literature of the 1920s uh, and, uh, and early 19th, 19th century as well um, the film's about nostalgia um, but interestingly it's about nostalgia that no nobody in the film's ever experienced and um, it's about a fascination with a particular time period, notably Paris in the nineteen twenties. Um, the film basically starts with Jill going to a oh Gill, sorry, going to a, a wine tasting event with his uh, fiance and um, her Republican uh, parents, who are just the worst. Um, they they hate Paris, they hate Europe, and they're very much uh, uh, American flag waving Americans, basically Philistines. Yes, exactly, exactly. I knew I'd get
1: to use that word in one of the uh,
0: reviews. <laughs> um, yeah, so Gil, he, he goes to a wine tasting event, and then he goes out for a walk, and at midnight, a mysterious car pulls up, and he and then he he gets into the car and he's transported back to the nineteen twenties, uh, in, in Paris and um he goes to a party where um notable writers and artists from that who lived in Paris during the twenties are there, so like Hemingway's there, F. Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald are there, Cole Porter, um Josephine Baker's there. He ends up meeting Picasso, Gertrude Stein, Salvador Dali, Man Ray, all these like surrealists and all these artists that were um, that were synonymous with with Paris as a city. Um, Pender Gil Pender then meets um, a girl called Adriana, who longs to be back in the in the Belle Epoque. So essentially, Gil really really wants to live in 1920s Paris, and then he meets another woman whilst he's in this 1920s dream um where she wants to go back to the belle époque um and really the film is about the relationship between different time periods and the idea that um the past is something that we long for we always look back at the past and in this in this instance it's about a past that nobody's ever experienced it's a romanticized past it's a it's a past that Gill has imagined in his in his mind really um, and there's a great quote that he that he says towards the end of the film he said that's what the present is. it's a little unsatisfying because life is unsatisfying. Um, and I think that sums up his his relationship with 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 the with time periods in this in this film really. So the film really is about relationships between... Different time periods, it's about nostalgia and it's about living, being deeply unsatisfied in the present in which you're living and then wanting to return to a a past that you never experienced. Um, Walter Benjamin describes it as uh, looking through the wrong end of a telescope when you look back at the past, which I think is um, such a great. Uh, analogy of, of our relationship with the past which you know i said at the start like this film is all about what we were doing in our third year and you know it yeah. sounds like i've just read a like a university yeah. essay or something but absolutely. genuinely um really really fascinating film about time and and uh sort of nostalgia and history and melancholy and um yeah absolutely cracking
1: yeah, and beautiful description there, kind of that sums it up very nicely. I was getting a little bit emotional just thinking about <laughs> the, uh, the nostalgic elements there, and we'll get into that. But that's what kind of really uh, rang true with me because it hits home, and uh, I feel like I really connect with this film and those elements of nostalgia and uh, the past and all uh, those themes. But like I said, we'll chat about that in a bit more detail in a moment. What I love about the plot and story of this. is just, It's a great premise. Just when you were describing yeah. it at the beginning there and saying the idea of this character, this American guy in Paris, goes to the same spot at midnight and then gets picked up in a car by all of his favourite writers and artists and musicians. And then he goes to these parties with them in the 20s. But he is in his... 21st century life like when you told me that premise straight away i was like yes this is a film i need to see on the premise alone i think at first it sounds like it could be really tacky and just a premise based film um alone and it absolutely isn't it has so much more to it than that but i think just straight away on a very kind of top line level of this is it wins on that note. It's such a great idea. Um, but it then opens doors to explore all these other themes and, like you said, ideas of nostalgia and modernity in the past. So that, I think, is fantastic. It's such a watchable film in that sense because it's got the excitement of what party is he going to go to. Oh, look at this famous person that he's met again. And Hemingway and all those elements as well. And there's so many references in there. So I think for someone who loves literature and art, and especially of that era. It's a real kind of you know, film for that person in the sense of it's just ticking the boxes of like, oh, there you go, there's a name, there's a name. And I feel like I connected to it on just that level alone. I think the array of the characters are great. And they also, they go into, they lead into those other themes. But what did you think? I know you've described the plot there and also um, what happened. But what do you think about that idea I just said that it had the kind of potential to be a bit tacky with it but actually
0: it does use it to explore the themes quite well do you th- do you agree with that I think um yeah it's interesting you say the the word tacky really because like when you when you when you in a film's marketed as sort of like oh I'm going to go back in time you want you instantly sure. sort of you think about like oh it's it's quite science fictiony um quite sort of maybe quite verbose in a way Mm -hmm. but um well the thing that i love about this the reason why it works is because the film premise is about the human condition and their relationship with time so it makes sense to have the premise of oh i'm going to travel back in time and look at what um what it could be like. Um, cause I mean, that's what we do when, when we, when we look back on our lives, really, we, we search the sort of the avenues of memory in our mind and try and sort of pick out the bits that really stand out to us. And the one thing that, but I mean, the, the reason why it isn't tacky, I mean, it's not the only reason, but like it won the best, um, original screenplay, um, at loads okay. of, um, film festivals, which I think is quite, um, telling of its, um, of its grandeur, I suppose. um, but the thing that I love about it is that because it's about memory and because it's about history as well, every single character, every single theme is rooted in um, the history of the nineteenth and twentieth centuries. Like yeah. Paris being the City of Light, for example. It it all it all works, and like there's a great quote that um, when they're walking in the rain, it says, um, "I can never decide if Paris is more beautiful by day or by night." And I think that's such a really really lovely way of saying memory can be vivid like a, a gas lamp in 19th century Paris or it could be shrouded um, in darkness and I think you know the the, the sort of the literary the, the script being as literary as it is and the subject matter being literary icons and artists and musicians I think um, it's certainly not tacky it's very it's a romantic script and I think it appeals to people who or who like that period of history more i think i think you've got to be invested in that particular um uh wealth of literature to find it engaging because when he was going from like different bars and stuff and it's oh that's man ray oh that's picasso oh that's salvador dali oh i've been been to an exhibition by that person or oh, i've read that at university as you know it was it was very sort of um i was getting quite excited when i was when when new characters were introduced and because it because it's about that relationship with time i think it's necessary that there is a sense of playing with the sense of what time is i mean it's impossible to travel back in time but because it's all about memory it 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 it, it's kind of it makes sense because it's almost as if he's imagining what it what what could be what it could be like um that's what I I really liked about it
1: absolutely and what you said there is this is something that I've pondered both times I've watched it is I really got satisfaction like I said out of the premise of it and out of the literary base and I think you sum it up really well there when you said it is a literary script that's how it avoids being tacky is that it is rooted in literature and all the references are spot on and they make sense linking to the themes of the film but I do wonder and I think you're probably right on this is if somebody who had no interest in Hemingway or Scott Fitzgerald or anything to do with Paris in that era or any form of literature from that time, is it going to be satisfying? Is it an enjoyable film or is it very much a kind of, you know, a piece of fan fiction for people who love all of that stuff? And I suspect if, usually to show this film to somebody like i said who had no interest in that it wouldn't quite have the impact that it does because the story and the premise is all based on the fact that he meets his heroes who are these people that you need to know and if it isn't it like you said it is just a film about a guy going back in time to meet some people that you don't really know who they are so yes i think it does have quite a niche audience in that and it is a very much a, a hollywood film for the person who wants to you know be a bit more arty <laughs> and literary which is which is exactly what we are i feel uh, indeed, you know, we, indeed, we love it? all the uh pomp and that of a big a big production but at the same time we want people to know that we've read a book or two so, <laughs> I mean, that's why it, it it works for us but Um, Just moving on to the characters and the acting as well, one thing I find interesting in this is that it's got Rachel McAdams and uh, Owen Wilson as the leads, two actors who've starred in countless huge Hollywood films, and if you were to see them on a billboard or a poster for a film, you'd think that it would be something that is a bit soppy, a little bit you know, big budget, but at the same time, your kind of classic Hollywood themes. And it is, in a way, it's got the soppiness to it. It's got all the kind of usual aspects you'd expect in that kind of romance-type rom-com film. But it takes it in the direction, like you said, of the literary element. So it's kind of pulling these... Parts of what you'd expect to see in a usual kind of big Hollywood rom-com, but applying them in other areas. And I think Owen Wilson is fantastic in it. Like he plays this kind of real boyish, naive character. And what that represents to me is that part of you that you're able to explore through art and literature and through nostalgia. Because yes, even though it nostalgia is kind of painted in many ways as saying being a bit negative and it's you being lost in the past in a world that didn't exist it's it's the, the positive side of that. It's you allowing your childish uh, wonder to be entered into the world, which is a beautiful thing. And that is what we need more of, especially in the world we live in now, is that it brings positivity and actually makes good things happen. And I think Owen Wilson is fantastic at capturing that. And I think it's a great bit of casting because he does play this almost dopey kind of character in other films in the sense that he, he's part of cool things that happen in bigger blockbuster films but he's still a bit, bit nerdy type look and I feel that fits perfectly for this. So for me what I think is great about the characters in this is that it looks like it should be Hollywood off the bat but it uses those to kind of subvert itself a little bit and explore those themes. What did you think of um, the characters and actors? Were there any standout ones for I know we could do a full episode on the characters alone because it goes through them all, but were there any kind of standout performances or certain characters that were put in it?
0: I really like Hemingway's character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that, but I yeah. thought I'd
1: hold back on it.
0: Yeah, I really, really like Hemingway's character. It's just... Um, it's He's... I mean, he references, like, uh, A Moveable Feast, which was uh, Hemingway's uh, memoir, wasn't it? Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a great book, if anyone's not read that. It is fantastic, indeed. (laughs) Uh, You recommended that to me, Marcus. Yeah, I did, I did. (laughs) I just wanted to get there in there so I could say
1: that I counted and recommended something to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: But, yeah, I I love Hemingway's character. There's a great scene when they're in the cafe with F. Scott Fitzgerald, and um, he's... uh, No, no, it's... Oh, God, what does he say? It's... um, no story is 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 uh, is useless if the writing is pure and um, the emotion is uh, great under pressure or something like that or grace under pressure. I think it is. He's I think he I think he says, but he's like he's captured Hemingway quite well. Like this so sort of good. like so good macho alcoholic, but quite a, uh, a literary literary literary. literary literary emotion of, of his character is really good and it's it's quite funny as well which i think is quite interesting because it is
1: yeah it is funny
0: it's, it's really funny because like it's it, he's like he's almost playing a, a caricature of of hemingway himself he's like right i know who hemingway is so i'm gonna like mm-hmm. take it the next step and go even more hemingway than hemingway was sure. in the way he sits his the way his hair falls across his his face and the way he dresses um Yeah, really good. I liked Hemingway's character. But I also really liked Adrian's character, played by Marion Cotrilliard, I think is her name. Um, She's uh, equally as lost, I suppose, equally as romantic, um, and also longs to be in a a time period that um, is not her present, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's... uh, That thing you said about nostalgia is really interesting because it it really does... um, Underpin all the characters, in what they say and what they do. Um, there's the, the, there's loads of books about nostalgia, but I remember reading one at university called The Future of Nostalgia. um Read it for my dissertation. But what they were saying were saying in there is that like it's a denial of the present, but at the same time it's okay. I'm, I'm going to remember this in the future. How do I want to remember it? And it's about that romantic relationship with nostalgia dreams i suppose it's about dreaming of of uh of the past um and what, Mar- what marion coutillard's character um is obsessed with is is the belle époque the um the sort of paris with the, the lit by gas lamps and the sort of the cobbled streets of um sort of romantic paris um yeah her character is really good i like yeah
1: her. Yeah, I love those two characters, especially Hemingway. And like you said, the intensity that the actor uh, captures. And I mean, Hemingway as a kind of character to portray is perfect because he has so many quotable lines from all the writing he's done in the past, which is really unique. Like you said, the intenseness of it, but Mm. is kind of beautiful and pure in so many ways, which is what I think they want this film to be. is really cut to the heart of... um, the highest end of literature from that time, which it is, it is so kind of uh, <laughs> like you said, it's for people who love literature but want other people to know that they do. And oh yeah, this is why absolutely. when you're watching it, you feel so satisfied <laughs> being that person, but at the same time, you hate yourself because you, it's um, you feel like okay, it's, it's, it's kind quite of like showing off in a way, isn't it?
0: It's quite preposterous, really, isn't it? I mean, some of some of the <laughs> some of the writing is um, it's outrageous, like. It's
1: very self-indulgent, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. But but self-indulgent for the person who wants to self indulge themselves in it as well. This is what I'm saying is like, this is why we love it because it very much plays into the areas that we love. But what I wanted to say as well is, you said that it's a bit strange. They have all these uh, different characters and it's quite uh, comedic, the fact that they have them all together. And I think that is... There definitely is comedy to it, because these massive characters which exist, they do collide a bit in history, but obviously it wasn't every single person there as it is depicted in the film. But as these characters and their personalities smash off each other, it adds that comedy, because they're all massive caricatures of those historical figures, and that adds the comedy to it. And then you've just got Gil... Owen Wilson's character in the middle of this kind of like American guy who's just written a script and he grounds everything because what I love about that is then it makes you feel you can really feel Gill's emotions in it because he is the now so he is what mm. you will always be he is what the viewer is as they're watching it and what the viewer will always be so the beginning of the film gives you that uh fluttery feeling of nostalgia in the past and the romanticism of Paris. And you're like, this is amazing. But then as you follow Gil's journey, you're like, I'm forever Gil going through um, time and trying to be part of something that exists in the mind and the mind of others. But you're always just the person with the script running around going, oh, these are just words I've written. Obviously they're not as good as what's written in the past or what you've done, but will you have a look at it? And trying to fit into something That doesn't exist, and the kind of physical embodiment of his character is that is such a great way of portraying it. And this is why I said I was feeling a little bit emotional when you were doing the intro there, because that's what just rings true to me so much is the idea of you see the beginning of the film in all its beauty, and he goes to these parties and there's been these quotes from all the great literary figures, and that gets you so excited. But then you feel so connected to and like he wants to fit in, and he does. Um, by the end of it, because you see that uh the character what she called uh the French uh, character in it, uh oh
0: I can't remember but I know who the, you mean no who
1: you just referenced the uh the oh A- oh Marion
0: Cotillard Adrian
1: yeah Adrian so yeah. he does fit in and she falls in love with him so he is within that world, which shows that he finds a connection in it. But it's at that point you then realise that everyone else is going through that same journey and no matter who you look to, they're having the same feeling. So, (laughs) what I basically wanted to say was (laughs) that kind of mismatch of characters at the beginning, you know, lends itself to the feeling of the romanticism at all and builds you up as the viewer to get those feelings that Gil has in Paris, but then really grounds it in that character. And that's why I think his character is so great and especially the casting of Owen Wilson is that it just normalises everything but that's exactly what it is if he got caught up on it and escaped to that time in the film and it was like oh yeah I became a writer and rewrote history that wouldn't connect with the, the uh, viewer as much because that would be too much fantasy and that's where it really hits home this film is it goes yes be romantic think of all these things and explore arts and stuff like that but remember that you are just always travelling along this curve and you'll never actually be in the time that you dream of and I think that's uh, It's quite a depressing uh, note really isn't it It is its is very much but let, let's pick what? up on that then because um, we've talked about the characters there and we've chatted a little bit around the themes but of course nostalgia is the main thing that this is looking at what would you say is the kind of main message of the film around nostalgia?
0: Um I suppose the thing is like the the entire film it's a it's a dialogue about the human condition with sort of our fascination with uh going to a different time period whether it be uh, for a cultural reason or political or economic or whatever um but I think the thing that drives it is that the the main sort of thing that the film's getting at is that you've you've got to accept the present in which you live in yeah. Like you you've got to accept it. Like acknowledge acknowledge the fact that the past has made made you who you are. Um and you can't necessarily get that back no matter how hard you try. So like there's loads of different ways that all the characters try and grasp the past. Mm-hmm. Um like Gill's writing his book about a guy that works in an in a nostalgia shop. Yeah. Um for example, um Marion uh, Marion uh, Adrian is so uh disgusted with her present so much like she hates picasso which i also i think is quite funny because now millions of people love picasso and mm-hmm. at the t- at the time he's he's he was depicted as being this sort of like because when Gertrude Stein is looking at one of his paintings, she's like, "eh, it's okay." And Picasso is like, "What? What are you?" What? And then, and then it, and then it flash, then it goes to the um, the Louvre, the Louvre, and, it, and they're looking at the same picture that Picasso painted where yeah, Owen yeah. Wilson saw that being painted, which I think is quite interesting. But really, the main thing is about you got to accept the present in which you live in, acknowledge that the past has made you who you are, um, acknowledge the fact that history, sort of um it's like it teaches you what it's like to live in a human skin i suppose um i've said that phrase so many bloody times over the <laughs> like i said it when on the at the um the school's open day thing i was like <laughs> like it's a good phrase i'm it's i'm going nice to i'm, I'm going nice to stick with it it's good to
1: have to kind of ground the idea of history because history yeah. can be such an abstract area can't it and as we've discussed countless times, many people just see it as times and dates and battles, but it is so much more. And I think this film does capture that: is the idea of it's sharing um, an identity and a time, and kind of giving you the the feel of that. Which mm. I think, yeah, that that phrase does sum up nicely. Um, but I, what I wanted to add to that was, um, yeah, about the idea of nostalgia. Is on a very simple level, this film is just basically saying okay, we all live in the past and we always think what happened in the past is better than the now. And on a very simple level, if, even if you're not into all the depths and the literature that's referenced in this film, I think that's some one big thing to take from it is if you just think about politics of any era, everything's romanticized of what happened in the past. Trump, make America great again. That's it, That's the yeah, <laughs> absolute yeah. kind of epitome of that, isn't it? Saying this country was fantastic, oh but it's not now it's gone to the dogs let's sort it out and also another thing which i think is really powerful with this is the nostalgia um and you said a quote at the beginning in this uh, from the film and i can't remember exactly what it was but it basically captured this essence of it's not just looking back on the past and go oh that was better than the now it's the fact that when you live in the now you're not just doing the thing or the acts or the thought it comes with all the other extras of living in the present so okay you can look back to the past and go oh that period in Paris was amazing well the the uh, bars I would have wanted to go in and speak to these people and dance in a certain way and you could do that then and maybe you could do the same thing now but when you think about doing something in the past you don't have your the anxiety of living in the present or you don't have the worry of living in the present or you don't have the little niggles in your mind or the aches and pains of your body or anything that affects you in the present so if you were to then go and live your dream scenario in the past it's not necessarily that it wouldn't live up to expectations but you have the present to contend with everything in life is a battle against the present and finding that moment where you can just be in the present uh, away from all of the things which plague you in it and i think this film as well as saying, okay, we do look back with rose-tinted lenses, is also saying, well, remember that the present is imperfect. Don't knock the present as much as you should because great things happen in the present, and when you look back them in the future, you will think they were amazing. But that's because when you think of a memory, you don't think about the uh, little bit of anxiety you had that day or the backache you had or the thing that you had to do at the end of the day. That doesn't exist. And what I love about this film is, that's kind of what it's capturing even though it's saying okay there's beautiful things that happen in the past but sometimes we do look at rose tinted lenses and also that the present is imperfect it is still beautiful the present and this is why I like how mm. the film wraps up is when he's, he's walking down in the rain of the bridge yeah. and he says how that's such a romantic element to him and he's feeling a bit free because he's made the decision to stay in Paris but at the same time he's still plagued by the things that have been holding him down and then he meets the girl who was working on the market stall who'd been chatting with and asked her out on a date. And that summary is, it's kind of still an imperfect time in the present because he's still dealing with the things that he had to in the present, like his uh, marriage, which was, uh, well, his um, fiance and the wedding and uh, all that stuff that was plaguing him. But it was saying, you know what, when you fully invest yourself in the present all of the joys of a nostalgic past can actually be with you once you push those aside. So I think even though there's such a pessimistic message running in many elements, it rounds off beautifully by saying all of this together, all of this artistic stuff isn't pointless, but only when you embrace it fully in the present is when it actually adds joy to life. And for me, I think this is why the film rounds so nicely is it gives you that and you're like, yeah, I can can take that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um I was listening to Ezra Furman earlier and there's a great line from one of the songs where it goes the past is the past but the present is nothing without it. Um which I think is is sums it up quite nicely yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Um but like the, the the you notice the thing on the end about the rain. The rain is really really symbolic because <clears throat> so I love walking walking um in Paris in the rain. It's almost as if he's being cleansed of of his experience that he's um, just gone through, basically acknowledging his experience, i.e., acknowledging his his present and his past, and the rain yeah. is washing him, away, washing that away, and now he can go and off and start presumably a new life with um, this girl that he meets uh, when mm-hmm. he's because um, he he overhears Cole Porter playing at, yeah. um, uh, like a sort of uh, a thrift store um, in Paris, which is again, very, very Parisian. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you oh, know, just sort of, Parisian is our yeah, absolutely. Paris, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, she, he, he, meet, he meets her and then the rain just washes away his, his experience, um, which I think is quite symbolic in that respect. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, absolutely it's, such a, it's
1: such a symbolism, <laughs> isn't it? The film.
0: It's a, it's a beautifully depressing film. I think, it's it's yeah. you know it, it it is just delightful, it's delightfully um, it's delightfully bleak. Which but I as I was is, saying, I, I um, don't.
1: But I think yes, it is. I agree with that. It is delightfully bleak. But at the same time, I think it is rounded with. Oh no! Absolutely, not even, yeah. Not yeah, even yeah. optimism with a realism that basically says, "Well, look at the pragmatism. bleakness that." Yeah, pragmatism exactly. There, yeah. There's a bleakness that comes with all of this, but there are ways to really embrace it and. Um, to find the true kind of beauty in all of it, which I think is fantastic, I think this why why this film wins beyond just the premise of it because it hits home on so many other levels. Uh, I think that is fantastic. Anyway, we've we've hit home on so many levels here that we've uh, covered. What I want to do is start wrapping this up now. We've talked about the themes of nostalgia and the romanticism that is covered in it, um, and also talked about our favourite characters, but. What are your favourite parts or parts in the film and why do you
0: think that works for you? Um, I really like the scene when he goes and meets Salvador Dali in the cafe um, and he sits down and Salvador Dali's there and Man Ray is there and um, he, he's going, Dali, Dali, I am Dali! Um, and the, the re- they're referencing all the different... Um, pieces of artwork that they are yet to create basically yeah, yeah. Um, and it's at that moment I think that, that Gil realizes that oh actually um this is this is this 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 experience is something that um, it is romantic and the, the the past is romanticized but I have to accept the present in which I'm living because then he after that scene he immediately goes um, and goes back to the belly Epoque and then he has his sort of epiphany. Um, he's yeah. having a he's having a what was the line? He says, "I'm having a small thought. I'm having a thought, and it's a small one." Um, and then he goes, "Like, yeah, the path, the present is unsatisfying, but that's because life is unsatisfying, like yes. Yes. you know." And that's the line. yeah, and like it's that that's the sort of the linchpin for the film because you you're right in saying that if if he'd gone back and lived in the company of Fitzgerald and and Hemingway and and like Josephine Baker and all these other sort of icons um it would have just been a bit uh, okay he's gone back in time because he loves that time period but yeah that moment when he's in the cafe with Dali and obviously Dali is um is a, a surrealist painter anyway and it that, it's that juxtaposition like seeing seeing Dali and seeing what like knowing the paintings that he's he's created mm-hmm. um and then juxtaposed with gill having his epiphany that oh actually yeah the the present is unsatisfying i think is yeah. is is the sort of the 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 key moment in, in the film that sort of brings it all together and grounds I it in the, right. yeah. the, the the pragmatism of 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 life basically yeah, yeah um, i think
1: you're right there that's spot on and because he finds himself in a unique position where his past becomes his present. And that's how he hits the epiphany of realizing that the present is unsatisfactory and the present is imperfect, which at first seems like a real downer and a negative message and the fact that, all right, well, no matter what, everything we do is gonna be imperfect. But that is what frees him because he's in his time period the present becomes a time period that he has fantasized all his life of being the best place to live and realize well even the 1920s which he thought was perfect is actually imperfect because it's the present because the present's imperfect which allows him then to return to his actual present in the knowledge Mm. that yes this is imperfect but all of life is imperfect and as long as you brace, embrace the beauty of it that's where you find the joy and the satisfaction in it. And that's when he sheds himself of all of the unnecessary things that he's built up in his life that have added to that dissatisfaction. And he becomes free and he becomes, well, it is suggested that that's when he kind of goes on to have a, a happier life. So I think, yes, that is the real, that's, it's so clever that bit how it's done because you want him to fall in love with this girl in the 20s and then go to the 20s and live the life that he's banged on about but and you kind of think that's the satisfaction you'll get out of it and when it happens when she goes oh no i want to live in the belle Park, and he's like has this realization you're like oh no this is not what i wanted to happen but when he comes back and returns and he has after he's had that epiphany it's like yes exactly that is the point there that you said about the present being imperfect what i want to add is just a favorite part of mine is that i like when well it's a collection but the scenes when they're at gertrude stein's house and um some of the others are there, and uh, they're kind of chatting about his script because his script becomes the focal point of it. There, they're talking about his writing style and uh, the critique in it. And I think that is where the main themes of the film are really played out. That's how he first meets uh, Adria- Adriana. That's what she calls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's terrible remembering characters' names. Um, that's where he first meets her, and develops that relationship. That's where his inner thoughts in the form of his scripts are explored verbally by gertrude stein and also the uh they talk about hemingway and his kind of intense nature so all of the stuff we've talked about there kind of gets played out there so i like that as a central point just on a very mechanical level of i think that allows the film to kind of explore the themes that it wants to and and brings it along and actually it's great to see those characters interacting with each other so We've talked a lot here, Callum, and I knew this would happen and uh, not doing Indeed. one for quite a while that we'd easily find ourselves getting carried away. So I'm going to rein us in, uh, in true boring style, as I do, and try and keep us within the time limit and say we've discussed the themes and all the areas we wanted to. Let's get down to the nitty gritty of giving a summary of how we feel about the theme, about the film, and giving it a mark out of 10. Callum, please hit us with yours.
0: Well, I mean, I'm obviously I'm, I'm giving it ten. Obviously, I, I I love I love this film so much, and it's not it's not even because it, the premise is about like pretty much everything I'm interested in. <laughs> like, it's not just about that. I just think it's it's just a really well produced film as well. Like, yeah. in terms of the sort of the way the, the the way the camera moves um around Paris. I mean, it's it's a it's a, it's a classic Woody Allen film. If you've ever seen Manhattan, um. It's quite. It's very, very similar. Um, sort of long opening scenes of showing um, human life, basically, because um, it, it, it the, the film opens with um, sh- the camera focusing on movement within Paris, looking at like what he, different human beings are doing, are getting into taxis, walking down the street, and stuff. It, um, what Woody Allen does with his with, with with his films is that he humanizes his his subject matter, I suppose. And he does, he does that in Manhattan as well. But, um, yeah, I'm giving it 10 just because the script was amazing. Um, there's so much you can really... It, it's a very reflective film as well, I think. Because um, mm-hmm. nostalgia is a very reflective thing. It makes you reflect on quite a lot of um, things and sort of reflect on your own present, I think. Um, it's a really, really clever um, film and it, 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 the subject matter is great as well. And like I said, it's not just because of all every, all the subject matter is something that I'm passionate about in terms of like art and culture and stuff, but it is just a well-produced film as well, yeah. just where the camera works and things like that. So I'm, I'm giving it 10. I think I think it's great. Fantastic.
1: Thank you, Callum. I'm going to give it nine um, because, <laughs> like I said, I absolutely loved it. It really struck home with me and connected with me, like I said, with those ideas of... Uh, memory and nostalgia and made me think about things but at the same time just hit me at the core of the idea that I think it portrays so well of what we discussed there of the present being imperfect and allowing yourself to accept that learn from the past but don't let your present be dictated by the past and it also just gives you the feels and all the beautiful literature references and all the pieces of art and uh, literary people that it features in it so I think that's beautiful just on the kind of visuals and uh, what it gives you there the only reason I'm not giving it a 10 is I just feel it just takes one too many liberties in a few areas I mean (laughs) I know it's taken a massive liberty in, in the premise of the film but I just think maybe just a bit too self-indulgent in areas and I'd like to see a little bit more in the fact that the film's rounded in a great way, like I said, and I love how he then meets that girl on the bridge, but at first it just kind of didn't make all that much sense to me To that. I feel like there needs a little bit more on that relationship between her mm, it's a, good point, a bit like yeah. okay yeah brilliant meets her there off you go that almost feels like a naive decision that they've been criticising to say that oh yeah he's just going this romantic whim um, and it doesn't make sense so I just think phew, maybe one too many liberties but hey amazing film fantastic and now just chatting about it this doesn't always happen like, I'm very excited to watch it again I need to get it on because it just it does give you that it's brilliant so yes midnight in Paris 9 out of 10 for me and that that wraps up our review. I know we've been waiting a while to chat about that one, but I thoroughly enjoyed being able to splurge and say all the things that I wanted to about it. And I thoroughly enjoyed your take on it as well, Callum. So thank you very much for joining me and chatting about Midnight in Paris. I hope you've enjoyed it.
0: Of course, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, we've got, to, we've got to record more now that we're going into a lockdown 2.0. Um, Well, exactly,
1: exactly. And I'm sure there's plenty more films that we'll be able to rant and rave about. And this has also made me want to reignite the desire to go to Paris and we can go and record an episode of the podcast in Paris and really fulfill the romanticism of midnight in paris and discuss these themes of maybe have a glass of vino or two so that, remember, that, that,
0: that's taking a liberty <laughs> it is
1: taking a liberty but i'm
0: gonna i'm gonna
1: pin you down for that one when we can callum and that would be a very nice for the glass a film club abroad
0: yeah absolutely yeah that's that already we're going we're going
1: global fantastic fantastic well thank you very much callum thank you everyone for listening like we said, we'll be recording plenty more of these soon. We'll have some new films that have just been released, but we'll also be going over a few classics as well. A nice bit of variety, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been great to speak to you again once again, Callum, and stay tuned for many more reviews and other conversations as part of the Glacé Film Club, which will be coming out very soon. Thank you very much, and we'll speak to you again very soon.